Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We have such an interesting topic for you today. We're talking about music and the brain with Dr. Neil Barnard. Can music help you lose weight? Could it curb your desire for junk food? A prominent physician says, yes, it can. Dr. Neil Barnard is a physician and researcher on the faculty of the George Washington University and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. He points to brain scans that show that music stimulates the same parts of the brain that are activated by junk food and also those that are activated by alcohol or recreational drugs. If you get the appropriate brain stipulation from music, he argues, you're less likely to reach out for a donut. And he knows what he is talking about. He's a board-certified psychiatrist. He's also a skilled musician and composer with three CDs and a top 40 hit to his credit. And his latest musical project is called Carbon Works, which includes 16 talented musicians from around the world. And doctor by day, musician by night, actor Alec Baldwin calls Dr. Barnard the Eddie Van Halen with a medical degree. And, uh, and the songwriting magazine calls him not only a supremely gifted guitarist and songwriter, but a world-renowned physician. Welcome, Dr. Neil Barnard. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you today. What a nice introduction. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's, it's all true and all terrific. I know the last time we were on together, and it was recent, you talked about your book, The Cheese Crap, The Cheese Trap. Um, you know, and, and uh, probably probably if we'd substituted that word, crap, we could say that cheese is not good for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we talked about yeah, that. it's not good yeah. for you. Right, but uh, now we're talking about music. So, how can it really, can it really help you lose weight, music, really? Well, I got it. Here's where this started. We were doing a study. It started, this particular study began back in 2003. We were funded by NIH, the National Institutes of Health, to test diets for people with diabetes. And we found that, well, first of all, the, the healthiest diet is a diet that doesn't have any animal products in it at all. No cheese, as you know. No, no cheese, no meat, no animal products at all. Keep oils really low. And people's diabetes gets better. They lose weight. Their cholesterols come down. Except we started to notice that some people kept kind of, they, they were talking about cravings. They would crave cheese or junk food or something. Like that. We thought, what is that about? And so we, we started digging into this a little bit more. And what we found was that there are some people who don't get enough dopamine in their brain. Dopamine is the pleasure chemical. And it is, in nature, it's stimulated by having healthy foods or also by social interactions. But here's the deal. Dopamine... The dopamine brain chemistry can be hijacked by all kinds of unhealthy things, by alcohol, by drugs, by tobacco. In, in fact, every single substance of abuse, is the reason it gets addicting is that people use them to cause dopamine release in their brain. Um, and that includes foods, when people are food addicted. So you're stuffing your, your, yourself with food, whether it's chocolate or cheese or whatever it is, that you think, well, it's all taste, it's all mouthfeel. You know you're not hungry. It's something else. Well, what you're looking for is dopamine. So that then <laughs> led us to this question of, is there some way that we can get dopamine 
in a way that isn't going to hurt us? And the answer, to our surprise, is yes. Um, one way is through exercise. If you lace up your sneakers and you go out for a big, vigorous run, you might not quite get the runner's high, but you'll get a little bit of dopamine in your brain, and that will make you feel better. Uh, being around other people helps. That's why support groups are so effective. But the third one is music. You know, th- there, is, there is a reason that people are on, are, listen to music. There is a reason that 14-year-old kids can't get the earbuds out of their head. Because they are like hooked on this stuff. And so the, my point is that music doesn't have any calories, but it does stimulate dopamine release. And if you use it the right way, it has a whole range of medical effects. And so that's what this is all about. You know, it's very interesting. I want to share this. I've, I grew up around music, and I was a musician as a child. But when I work, I always, always listen to music. And it's either Mozart, and you probably know Don Campbell, who's since passed, but he wrote the book The Mozart Effect. Uh-huh. And, and so I listen to Mozart, or I listen to just soundscapes, you know, kind of the new age, new wave music. And I find when I do that, I can work beautifully. If I don't, it's too... Um, there, it's almost as though my brain is stimulated when I'm listening to that soft music. So talk mm-hmm. about that, because that really is a big deal for me. I mean, I really always have to put that music on when I'm working. It's, it's a funny thing, and it's a very individual thing. There will be other people who say, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Um, or for one person, it might be one kind of music. For another, it's another kind of music. But the reason that we're taking this seriously is, as you mentioned in the introduction, you can... You can, you, can go, you can go beyond just asking a person, does this help you? You can actually put a person in a brain scanning device. And, uh, and what you discover is that with certain kinds of music, the reward centers of the brain just light right up. And it's right at the same spot in the brain that substance abuse uh, will cause the brain to light up too. But the substance abuse um, issues can, can be damaging. If you're, if you're hooked on something that you have to inhale into your lungs is going to cause you cancer or some drug that, you, that is rotting your brain, that's not good. But if you are getting the brain hooked on something that is totally innocuous and, and in, in fact, good, good, pleasant, like music, then it's not going to really hurt you. So we know it's a real thing. Um, and we know that, that music not only can, for some reason, people help them focus, but you, you can also use it medicinally. Um, you're, you're headed for a hip replacement. The doctor says, this is going to hurt, but I'll give you plenty of painkillers. And you're nervous going in. Researchers have tested using Valium-type drugs uh, when people are about to have surgery. And you compare that to just giving them music that they have pre-selected. The music calms people more. And and you could say, well, wait a minute. How could that calm you more than a drug? Well, a drug makes you feel a little bit out of control, Um, whereas music doesn't give you any of that feeling at all, and people re- report much better anxiety control. Then when they come out of surgery, you measure how many, how many painkillers, how, how many milligrams of painkiller did they use over the first hour, two hours, 24 hours. And what you can find is that if they have access to the music they have pre-selected, even though they didn't realize you were counting their, their uh, milligrams of painkillers, it's substantially less. Um, so you get this little bit of a painkiller effect. Don't get me wrong, we're not going to put pharmacies out of business forever, but you can use music as a medicine. Mm, very interesting. Do you know about, I'm sure you do, the Mozart effect, um, these the certain decibels per music? 
that calm mm-hmm. the brain. And I've also read that it has helped children with autism and has helped people with their speech, just in terms of listening. Yes. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing. People are looking for a number of ways to make this work. And um, autism is, is one of them. And the, the re- some researchers really believe it, and others say, no, I don't really think it's true. I, I, personally, I'm just waiting to hear more application of it to see where we are. However, part of the reason that we're optimistic about this is that in patients kind of at the other edge of, a, end of the age spectrum, you see uh, people with autism where they can't remember words, they can't remember names, they can't remember a person who comes to visit them and they say, I- I'm your son. You know, how-, how, can- how can we have no connection? But you then play a musical passage that they were very familiar with when they were 12 or 15 years old, and they'll start to sing along with it. They know all the words. If you get the words, if you sing the words and you get it wrong, they will frown because um, the musical connection is still there, which is um, interesting because many parts of the brain are actually destroyed. You do a brain scan in a person with mm-hmm. advanced Alzheimer's, they are destroyed, mm-hmm. but the music recognition circuitry mm-hmm. is, is still there. So. Yeah, yeah. I have to comment about that. My mom, who died at 89, did have to mention she was a pianist and musician her whole life. And toward the very end, she would still play, but she would play the same phrase over and over and over. She'd sit down at the piano and she'd just play, but it was like on Rewind. This was very interesting mm-hmm. to watch, but she could still play. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and with regard to, to medicinal effects, um, let's say you have a person who's they're no longer able to be at home because their, their dementia has really taken off and, and they're in a nursing home and, and now uh, they're under fairly close care, but they don't know anybody and the lights are on all the time and they get agitated and so forth. Um, you first try to do everything you can to make a person comfortable, but then you take the time of day when they are at their worst. Let's say it's 4 mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon. What mm-hmm. you do is you ask a family member, what kind of music did they listen to? And you play that music for about 30 minutes during the time when they were about to be the most agitated. And what you discover is that they are substantially calmer during that time and after that time. Now, it does not work if you play the Holly Ridge strings playing the Beatles' greatest hits or something mm-hmm. like that because... That's something you picked, and it's something they, they may have hated when they were young. Maybe, maybe that was the music that was playing when they had their last root canal. I don't know. You know you, you, mm-hmm. What you have to play is something that they knew, that, that was familiar, that can be then retained in the brain, and then you're making that connection with them. And that lasts longer than other parts of the cortical functions in the brain. Mm-hmm. Any, does it have to be a particular music, Dr. Barnard, uh, in particular, one that they really love? Um, it, it can be different from one person to another. Um, for example, if bluegrass is not your thing or hip-hop music is right. not your thing, this will not cause dopamine release. Um, mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. has to be something that you like that, or that in the past you did like. Uh, and that's why I, I encourage staffers not to guess. You know, you ask a family member, what did, what did he listen to when he was mm-hmm. 20 or 15 or something like that? But, oh, but mm-hmm. here's the other piece of it. It doesn't have to be happy music. Um, you would think that if you're playing happy music, you get dopamine release, and you're playing sad music and you don't, it's not that way. Um, I can play you 
Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, which, mm-hmm. which nobody would call it a toe tapper, but it's, um, but it's a beautiful piece of very somber music, and that will stimulate dopamine release just like you know, the happy birthday song or something like that. So it doesn't have to be happy, but it has to be uh, familiar and something that you, for whatever cultural reasons of your own, perceive as beautiful music. Okay. All right. And I know when we come back from break, one of the things I want to talk to you is, uh, is the work you're doing with the musicians you're working with and how oh, you combine your career and, uh, you know, how you, when you write music, how you think of listeners, and maybe a little bit about Alec Baldwin, who you know, who's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. been very popular lately with his impersonations. So um, we're going to talk about that after the break. My guest is Dr. Neil Barnard. He is a, a, a very, very well-known international physician. He's a very prominent physician and researcher on the faculty of the George Washington University. He's president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Health. He's written many books, and he just published a book called The Cheese Trap, which I actually interviewed him with, and he talked about how cheese is not good for you, and you can certainly go there. But his album is called Carbon Works. CarbonWorksMusic.com. We'll be back with Dr. Neil Barnard right after the break, right here on VoiceAmerica.com and Patricia Raskin Show. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to be the change you see needed in the world? Are you ready to make a difference? If so, tune in to Voice for Truth with host Sharon Wyckoff and Jude Albright. Every show will be filled with inspiring content to support you in recognizing your greatness. Guests will share their expertise. Youths will tell how they are making a difference. You too can be a Voice for Truth. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And my guest this half hour is Dr. McNeil Barnard, who is a physician and researcher on the faculty of the George Washington University and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. We're talking about music and the brain and how brain scans show that music stimulates the same parts of the brain that are activated by junk food. And Dr. Barnard is not only a board-certified psychiatrist, he's also a skilled musician and composer with three CDs and a top 40 hit to his credit. And he also has a group called Carbon Works, which includes 16 talented musicians from around the world. So welcome back, Dr. Barnard. All right, Thank let's you. talk about your music, how you got into music and you know, your songs and how you combined your career of medicine and music. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, and my parents had the idea that any civilized person ought to be able to play at least two instruments. And so I was kind of chained to the piano, you could say, and, and also the cello. And, I, and then when the Beatles came into fame, uh, I took up the guitar, and I just never stopped. And so when I was in medical school, I, I was quite studious as a, as a student, but I always had a band and would play at night at the different clubs and, and that kind of thing. And I've had three records out. This is, the Carbon Works is the third one. And this is a, it's a really neat group because um, it mixes all kinds of things together. It's almost like a recipe where you're, you're trying to make a stew and you put in a little ginger and a little pepper and a little salt and all these different seasonings. And that's the way this is. Um, I, I, uh, my own roots are kind of in rock and roll, but uh, there are some jazz musicians too. And when I was in medical school, I lived in a part of northern Virginia where there were uh, a lot of Vietnamese people, and I was very strong, uh, struck by the Asian musical sensibility. So I have two Vietnamese musicians who play part of this, and I know it sounds like totally crazy. How could this work, um, mixing these things together? But it does. And um, we, in fact, had a song on the radio. In fact, it's still on the, in the top 100. It was called Louder Than Words. And if you go onto YouTube and you look up, go on YouTube and look up Carbon Works, and you can actually watch the videos of all the songs. But one of them is called Louder Than Words. It's a very, very pretty song sung by Martha Roebuck, who's just a great, great, great singer. And you'll hear it and you'll see what it's about. Yeah, it's really great. Let's talk a little bit about Alec Baldwin and how you got to know him. I got to know Alec because he has a real heart for animals. And as I do, and he knew that um, in our work we were using vegetarian diets and vegan diets, and also that the research we do, we never force feed something to a rat or a mouse or a dog or a cat. All the research that we do is human-based research, and so he he became kind of enamored of what we did for those reasons, and has been to many of our of our events. And in fact, he hosted Carbon Works CD release party in New York in December, and and. Um, he is, he, there's nobody like Alec, I gotta tell you. He has a heart of gold, the world's quickest wit, um, 
Oh, I'm just, sure. He is just, he is an incredible human being, but, um, but, and he's, and he's been really such a good friend, uh, personally and also for the causes that we, that we share together. Yeah, which is, which is I have to tell you, though, there are times where combining medicine and music is not such a good idea. Um, I was, when I was a resident, I was working in a psychiatric ward um, here in Washington, D.C., and um, I had a band at night down at the 930 Club. And I had a, one of the patients in, on the hospital ward, was, uh, she was not psychotic at all, but she had a very severe eating disorder, and so it was better for her to just be away from her home and hospitalized during the week, but that she could go home on the weekend. Anyway, so I'm getting ready for my weekend gig at the 930 Club, and into my dressing room walks this patient who apparently liked music and had no idea that, that I would be there. So she walked mm. in, saw, saw her doctor getting his guitar together, and anyway, I just said hello and whatever, and then she left. Monday morning, I go back in the hospital, and one of the attending physicians grabs me by the arm and says, I'm really worried about this patient. I'll call her Mary. I'm really worried about Mary. Um, I, she just had an eating disorder, but now she's hallucinating. She told us she went down to the 930 Club, and she saw her doctor playing in a punk rock band, and we need to start medicating her for her, her hallucinations. And oh, that's I had to so say, funny. No, no, no. I, <laughs> no, she, she is definitely not hallucinating. So anyway, oh, uh, there, there were a few times where this, uh, there were kind of goofy and sometimes funny things that occurred, but... But over, overall, it's been a very good mix to be kind of the left brain of music mixed with uh, left brain of medicine mixed with the right brain of of music. Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about the music and how how do you work with this with your patients? Now you're a psychiatrist, so you know you're obviously dealing with emotions and with psychology and with how people are feeling. So how do you work with the music? Do you prescribe it in a way? I mean, I'm putting that in quotation marks. Yes. Um, here's, here's what I suggest people do. Um, if you have an issue of, um, I mentioned anxiety, I mentioned uh, depression is, is, is also similar. That's the flip side of anxiety, really. They're, they're not such separate disorders. Or uh, compulsive eating and that kind of thing. These are all things where a little extra healthy dopamine would help you. And so what I, what I encourage people to do, in addition to learning about what a healthy diet is and getting rid of all the unhealthy foods or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. You've got to just try to separate yourself away from it. In addition to that, get on a regimen where you're getting dopamine in a healthy, good way on a regular basis. And I like to combine things. So what if, for example, you're listening to music uh, every day or three, four times a week um, at, the, at maybe the end of the day you get off work? But I can combine that with a good run where you're putting it in the earbuds and getting the music along with the physical activity, or go to a Zumba class where you're getting the support. And it doesn't have to be Zumba. It could be, you know, like any um, one of these, like, step classes or something like that, or aerobics class. You're combining there the socialization, the mu- intense music, which mm-hmm. they often play really loud, and the physical activity, and then you shower off afterwards, and you're just going to feel supported and good, and you discover that the depressions and the anxiety, the volume is turned down on it. Now, there, it may not be completely gone, but you have way more control than you'd have at another time. Uh, especially plan it uh, time-wise so that it works with your schedule and doesn't increase your anxiety. Uh, if morning is your time, um, get that in in the morning and you just feel better all day. Or if you want to do it at the end of the day when your frustration level is like getting tested, that can be good too. Um, okay. So plug it in, see what happens. 
All right. What would you like to leave our listeners with, Dr. Barnard? What's your, what are your closing thoughts about music and medicine and music in the brain and the positive effects of music in the brain? Um, two quick things. The first is, um, have a look at it. Uh, we talked about the cheese trap, so that's where you learn about how foods affect you. Um, see how music affects you, too. It's a totally different thing, but go on YouTube Check out the Carbon Works videos. You'll like them. Um, share them around um, or go uh, to our website. It's carbonworksmusic.com. That's number one. It's just explore it. Number two, share. So if there's something that you found that you like, let other people know because everybody's got their anxieties, their worries, their compulsions, their little goofy addictions, sometimes their more serious addictions. Share what you found around with other people. You're going to brighten somebody else's life. Okay, and and how can people again learn more about your music and your books? Uh, well, thank you. Um, uh, if and by the way, I'm not the only person who's who's writing books. There are plenty of great books by people like Dean Ornish and John McDougall and my friend Joel Furman, and there, there's many, many others. But but me, Neil Barnard, I have lots of them. If you go on Amazon and you look up my by my name, you'll see lots of nutrition books and you'll also see the carbon works discs and in fact if you want to be cool you can get it in vinyl and download and everything else and uh that's all on amazon under neil barnard or carbon works and go to the uh carbonworksmusic.com website and you'll see a lot more there thank you so much for being on the program dr barnard really wonderful thank you Thank you for sharing the good word. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Stay on the line for a minute. All right, Dr. Neil Barnard, uh, his work is about affecting brain chemistry with music, and he's also a prominent physician. So, again, uh, go to the website, which is carbonworksmusic.com. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, or write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. Until next time, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.